Welcome back, pod people, to another episode of Cinema de Mori. I am your hostess, Lexi. With me, as always, my co-hosts. Justin. Chuck. And we are back after our break from Fast and the Furious month. And we are going into our new month, new subject. And our subject this month was my choice. And... I wanted to talk about music, so I chose specifically documentaries that focus on one individual band, because I kind of wanted to see, like, if you guys would, like, pick your personal favorite bands, or that kind of thing, and so I thought... Were you afraid... Are there a lot of documentaries about, like, multiple bands? Yeah, like, I actually probably next year we'll pick this subject again and it will be about like subjects of like like documentaries about subjects like there's a whole black metal documentary that i desperately want to talk about but i thought it would be i i find that documentaries about bands are so much different than documentaries about the subject of music they're very different kinds of things because like a story about a band is so personal and the subject of music is so broad and so when you're interested in that subject you know you get to learn a lot but when you're learning about a band whether you're interested in the band or not it's a very human story and it's very personal and so some of those stories are really neat even if you're not into the music and even if you're not into the band just hearing about what they went through and how they got there and what they did to get there and their influences on like the world and how it changed music or if they did change music or if they had any impact on the scene at all or how they did anything like I think that stuff's really neat and interesting and I watch a lot of documentaries like on my own documentaries are kind of my go-to like food when it comes to like watching like they're what I always just watch and so I watch a lot of documentaries about just bands and stuff like that and I find that stuff really interesting I watch a lot of stuff about Motown funny enough like Motown stuff's super fucking interesting like when you get into that stuff it gets real neat real real, real dark history that a lot of heroin a lot of heroin in Motown <laughs> I uh, will but, watch uh, documentaries on virtually anything I just I mean like it could be about fucking rice and I'll be like I don't right. know might be good let's check it out I've actually watched, I think, eight different documentaries about bodybuilding. They've all been fascinating, like, genuinely. I don't care about, give a shit about bodybuilding, but they've all been really well done, so. That's like, um, yeah. Chuck did a really good baseball one. We did sports docs uh, a few years ago, and he did one on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, I thought that it was great. No, no, a documentary. It was really fucking good. To the point where any time that I have somebody that's remotely talking about Pittsburgh sports, I was like, hey, this is a great documentary. I think it's like an hour and a half long. Amazon Prime. It's fucking fantastic. And I've had people watch it and they're like, like not even big sports people. I think it's, you know, maybe it's the LSD story that's so interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good insight on this time. You know, I'm, I grew up with them, so, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates my entire life. And I've never, <laughs> I've seen them good there are some absolutely crazy stories around sports like genuinely i've heard some fucking nuts stuff and like you guys know i'm into auto 
stuff. So like auto racing, like that's in its own kind of like stuff. Like if we ever go back to talking about like that kind of stuff again, I'll show you some like crazy, crazy stories that like you guys don't even have to care about cars to be like. <laughs> we can't talk about cars ever again. We, oh okay. Curious, we, oh okay. That's it. We burned all the all the car <laughs> movies. Every out. car ever made was in that movie. In those movies. Yeah. So. yeah. There's, there's nothing ever. to talk to ever again about cars. <laughs> Speaking of Fast and the Furious, just weird side note. Um, last two burn weeks, that off. <laughs> my 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 YouTube has just been blowing up with like all different channels talking about Tokyo Drift. Like Tokyo Drift is having some kind of weird resurgence, and like it's getting like people are like, "This is the greatest movie ever." Like I've just gotten nothing but like YouTube. I don't really I don't know if there's them, a real like, resurgence as much as your beat your <laughs> shit's connected because. I don't know. I've get a lot weird. of fucking Zelda shit, and I've been playing a lot of Zelda, but I don't well, think that I've been, that like, wa- like I haven't actively been looking for things for Zelda, so... The, they're getting the Zelda movie. How the fuck do they know? Where do you Which get your information I, from? You're like my friend Chris. I was on, or I wasn't on, but I watched Cruise Control last night with Brian, and they talked about the Zelda movie on there, drunkenly, so... I don't think there's anything official at all. I've always said because like, I want to go into talking about the Zelda movie, but I've always said that a live-action Zelda movie with like a Lord of the Rings level budget could be one of the greatest films ever made, like hands down. Yeah, I actually worry a lot about live action and don't really know if that's the way to go. I, I probably would just go anime. They've done anime styles before in some of the games, Did and you ever they look see nice. That, did you ever see that fan trailer that was done back in the day for Zelda? that was like a live action I have trailer. seen tons of them and I've never seen one that's really that uh, good there was one that was like I thought it was done by a studio that was fucking amazing but anyway so let's talk about X Japan <laughs> the movie that I picked was We Are X and not to cut you off because we'll go all day talking about off subject stuff but so X Japan it's really it's... not all that off Japanese, Japanese. I mean, yeah, I don't want to talk about Nintendo. Though. They get enough press. <laughs> um, so, X Japan is a Japanese metal band, I guess. They are technically classified as Visual K. They are the inventors of Visual K. Visual K is a Japanese form of music, but I'm just going to be completely straight with you here like as an audience instead of trying to like explain like what visual k is it's a shock rock that's all it is it's a different form of like it's japanese shock rock like big hair colorful costumes you know like there's variations on it like there's goth rock and there's hair metal and there's whatever yeah it seems a lot like 80s hair metal glam rock except visual k incorporates elements of Japanese like kabuki and no theater into the visual elements. So like, um, like when we talked about um, Toshi in particular, the guitar player, he really liked bringing a lot of those elements of like Japanese. Toshi's the singer. Like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you are correct. Toshi is the singer. That wasn't the one I was thinking of. The guitar player was Hide. Hide is the one. The photographers really liked him because he brought all of the. Um, elements of the like Japanese theater into the his makeups and stuff like that. He was like really known for that. So 
Like, that's really all it is. But, you know, like, I think something that I think is really funny when you watch a lot of stuff, it's like, when you watch stuff about stuff from other countries, like music or movies or whatever, and they go, oh, this this rock music from this country, right? And then they go, oh, it's Visual K or whatever. It's like, it's 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 just it's just metal from Japan. It's like all people do is they take whatever they have, food or movies or music or whatever, and they just infuse their own shit into it. It's like, oh, I'm gonna make pizza, but I'm gonna make you know I'm, I'm Japanese and I have Japanese food, so I'm gonna take some of my Japanese food and make a pizza. So now I have a Japanese pizza, right? So it's just fucking hair metal with Japanese elements in it, right? So that's all it is, basically. I but, mean, um, you, you write what you know, so. Exactly. Music's the same. That's where they've grown up. Now, these guys started in the, like, late... I'm sorry, late 70s, early 80s, like, as a band. So, for Japan, that's kind of, like, progressive in regards to, like, music and sound and what they're doing, because, like, they're a very uptight society. They're not very, you know, loud and loose comes to their culture no i I was actually really surprised all the footage that was supposedly in japan everyone was like going fucking nuts like the audience was going crazy and i went to one show when i was over there it was just like an underground rock thing and even the people there like they didn't fucking move they just stood totally still watching these people exert every fucking muscle in their entire body as they are trying to put on some sort of performance so uh, I was actually really kind of impressed to see that and this is like footage from mostly from the 90s and stuff yeah X Japan is literally the biggest band in the world that you've never heard of they are like on a technical scale for musicians like some of the greatest musicians to ever live like uh Yoshiki is uh, one of the most accomplished uh, concert pianists to ever live, as well as like an incredible uh, drummer. Um, the guitar player was one of the most accomplished guitar players. The bass player is one of the most accomplished bass players. The singer is like one of the highest octave levels that he can hit. Like when it comes to singing, like he's got like a really high range. I mean, these guys. But he are... wasn't the best. He wasn't up to Yoshiro's standards. Well, it wasn't that he wasn't up to Yoshiro. Yoshiro, okay, he's an asshole. So, like, you know what you gotta look at? Kind of look at it in regards to almost, like, Guns N' Roses. Think of it like that. Like, think of, like, an Axl Rose, like, where he's never satisfied, right? And the band is always like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of similarities when you look at Guns N' Roses and you look at X-Japan. But I think that ex-Japan are more accomplished musicians and I think that they're more talented musicians but I think that because Guns N' Roses are American, that's the only reason they have the largest success, period. That's the only reason, right? Are they ex-Japan in Japan? Yes. They had to become ex-Japan because basically X was already a taken name and so like they couldn't use that. They had to like become ex-Japan. That's really where that name comes from. I will say as much as I love this documentary, it does kind of glaze over some stuff um so this documentary came out what like 2016 2017 yeah because the focus isn't on really the creation of the band it's about no they're like how they are accepted worldwide or 
more importantly, how they are accepted in the United States. Yeah. Uh, it also has, for being ultra depressing, uh, one of the funniest little stories when they go to that club together and the guy's asking if they want ecstasy and he's <laughs> he's telling he's like, he's Do you like, guys we, want X? We are X. And they're like, We we are X. <laughs> it's a great little story yeah. of like you know, some uh miscommunication there. So basically these guys were some of the most accomplished musicians. They were blowing up in Japan in the eighties. Um they were being signed by BMG, one of the biggest labels at the time. Um, they were like, "You guys are great. We're gonna release you in America, but you can't you can't have success in America if you can't sing in English. Period. That's all there is to it." And Toshi's like, "All right, I gotta learn how to sing in English." So they had to start writing songs in English, and they had to start singing in English, and. Um, Toshi basically could never get past that broken English barrier in his vocal range. And so because of his inability to break out of that broken English range, um, they just never were able to find uh, international success. I mean, Gene Simmons states it in the documentary. He's like, if these guys were American or, or UK, they would have been you still would be talking about them today, they'd be the biggest band in the world. He's like, because of the fact they're from Japan, they suffer from xenophobia. And that's all there is to it. And that's why they have no larger success because like, they are, I mean, mus musically, mu other bands and other musicians love them. Like they're, a, they're a musician's band, but they're also not like, that's what sucks, because it's like, we're not talking about like a Death QK here, or like a fucking Buckethead, or something like that, where it's like one of those like, oh, you know, it's like he's one of those musicians for musicians kind of things. Their music's like, palatable and acceptable enough that anybody could get into it. Like, there really is mainstream appeal to what they've created, but they just couldn't get past that fucking the fact they speak Japanese barrier. And Genuinely, like if they had come out today, they'd have success, right? Because like we love Japanese shit now. We are okay with like subtitles and we're okay with like Japanese language stuff and we're okay with a lot of these things. Like baby metal. Look at baby metal. Baby metal has huge success internationally around What's the world. baby metal? Baby metal is a idol band from Japan that is metal influenced. Like they're they're doing really well considering what they See? are. They're not I thought it was a genre of, of metal. No. I'm like, what is that? It's like, oh, it's all just baby sounds. <laughs> like, no, it's an idol band. It's a Japanese idol band. So it's not even a metal band. It's an idol band that just happens to be, you know, how, you know, how the, you know how the idol bands work, right? They pick a thing. They just theme it around. Like this idol band is around fish. This idol band is around like chicken. This no, confusing me. I, I thought when you said Japanese idol band, I thought it was like American Idol, and they had yeah. one over there, and so. You said yeah, well, but that's not what it, you're saying. Which, fu which, funny enough, we're going to be covering the subject of idol bands next month as well with my film Perfect Blue, which is about idol bands. So, um, idol bands are a big market in Japan and Korea right now. Um, they are basically like uh, exactly what I said. Initially, it was just like you know Backstreet Boys and that kind of stuff. You know, three to five members in a band. 
they all are themed around one particular thing. There's your hot boy, there's your sad boy, there's your, you know, you know, your fun boy, there's your whatever. Same with the girls, there's, you know, same thing. They, the male this one was just like version. five sad boys. Right, but then like, <laughs> with, with the way that the- That'd be a good band, right? Five sad boys. <laughs> five that's, sad boys. that's a whole thing. You know that's a whole thing out there somewhere. But like, um, with the idol stuff in Japan, it just got to a level where like the idols got the idol band stuff got to like now there's an idol band themed around like I said like metal the metal music genre. Now there's a I mean I like it. They're around. very conservative over in Japan, so it's right. nice to see the footage of them like having like the spiked mohawks and shit walking right. down the street. <laughs> so these these guys these guys started that whole scene like. They were the first. They created the whole visual case scene. So you got to think of them as like the kind of like pioneers of Japanese punk almost in a lot of ways. Like they started all like the hairstyles and they started the clothes and they started the whole thing. Visual K is like really, really elaborate, like costuming and like all that kind of stuff. The thing that I. Are they really the first or are they just the best? They or are most, the first. Or most popular. They are, they are absolutely classified as the the pioneers of the visual case style 100 percent they are thought of as like the the guys who created it so like all the bands that come after they all pay homage to x japan x japan are like it all starts with x japan it all ends with x japan and like it's really funny too because like there are eras of x japan like okay i learned about x japan obviously i grew up in the 90s i didn't have access to X, like X Japan, like regularly. I learned about it through the internet, which I didn't learn about until I was like way late in high school. So the first time I ever heard them was the anime X, <laughs> which is not related to X Japan. It is the clamp anime. I know you're not familiar. That's fine. Just let me move on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> clamp is an animation company from Japan. They make really, really like big huge eyes they make some like the biggest of the big eye anime they like really detailed eyes um they animated the video for rusty nail which is the song that was used in x and so that was my first exposure to x japan and then my buddy in high school was like oh you like that let me teach you about visual k and so he sat down and he taught me about things like Deer and Gray and Malice Miser. How does he sit and down and teach you this? Like, is he just on the internet, like on a com on the computer? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you're like at school when he's like, I'm just gonna teach you about them. No, no. Can I hear them? Nope. I'm just gonna give you some backstory on them. The but the thing was like, so the thing for me was that growing up in Florida and being part of like the metal scene. The music part of it was like, yeah, yeah, I, I could relate and I could connect to the music, right? Like, this scene works for me. Um, the people that I Why, why would with, anybody want to watch this documentary? Why would anybody want to watch this documentary? Um, well, it's a really good documentary about a band that you never heard of. It'll introduce you to the band. I think there's something more interesting than that. I think they're an absolutely fascinating band. I think the story is fascinating. I think that the documentary does leave some stuff out. I wish it was longer. I wish they would go into more Because the, the documentary's focus is less on the band and more on one specific band member's 
how his Yoshiki? life, yeah, and how his life has uh, not been the best. And well, Yo- Yoshiki was basically born sick and frail, and they told him he was gonna die. And then he grew up being taught like concert pianist stuff by his dad, and then his dad committed suicide. And when his dad committed suicide, he because his dad taught him all these different musical instruments and that was kind of part of his life his mother bought him a drum kit after his dad died and so he started putting the aggression of his father's death into the drums and he started putting his emotions of his father's death into his music and his drums it's just a lot like uh, Spider-Man across the universe yeah exactly <laughs> I haven't Chuck, seen it yet Chuck knows what I'm talking about I know what you're talking about I'm Essentially, this guy has destroyed his body playing music, uh, playing this particular type of music throughout the year. Because he goes hard. Every performance, he plays the drums so hard that he passes out on stage and they have to have oxygen tanks to... That was actually really crazy, like the footage of him just like trying to get up and fall down and get up and fall down and everyone's cheering and they're like... Yeah, they think it's part of the act, but he's literally, like, dying in something. He's, like, he, he has problems breathing. He's, very yeah. fra- he's a very frail person. I, I've i watched, like, when I got into this, like, after I got into this band, I would go on, like, Kazaa and shit like that, like, you know, die- downloading services. Because the only way you could get shit, like, I didn't have YouTube right when I first got into them. And I would download, like, concert footage that I could find of this shit. And, yeah, like... He plays until he's like completely collapsed over his drums. They like have to physically carry him off the stage. Like they show some of the footage, but I mean I've seen some crazy shit with this guy. Like he is nuts. And I've watched him like pass out on his drums and then them physically carry him and drop him on top of his piano and then him just like hunched over the piano just like start busting out a whole concerto. I mean, the he's piano. the like, definition of rock and roll whenever they broke up and they oh did their final God. performance. And he just started fucking smashing his drums and shit. Like, I mean, you don't get more rock and roll than he, that. They told him in this documentary, and I've also seen this in other places too, that if he keeps playing his drums, he will be paralyzed. Because every time he plays, he's impacting his spinal cord together, and his spine is basically going to collapse on him at some point with the way that he's playing. And you saw that one doctor that was sitting with him that was like, you need to learn how to play in a way that basically you're putting no pressure on yourself, but you're still able to do that, which most musicians do do that. Like, I know, like, when you become, like, a really accomplished musician, like, you don't have to put a lot of, like, force or effort behind. You don't have to prove yourself. Well, you don't have to, yeah, but where, but the thing that that guy wasn't understanding with uh, Yoshiki's drumming is that Yoshiki's drumming comes from a place of like pure emotion and anger and like what have you and I don't know if that he has the capacity to turn that off and do what that guy's asking him to do so it's a very unusual experience in regards to that like what have you um, so then Yoshiki's a whole other ball of wax of just like he could have his own film and his own documentary and then there was the guitar player who was just like one of the sweetest human beings ever. I'm trying to his name. Hide. Hide was like 
a fucking badass as well. Hide was kind of almost like, you gotta look at Hide sort of like, almost like the front of like the black metal scene in Japan before he became part of X Japan. Like, he, like they said, he was eating like raw meat on stage and he was doing like really fucked up like hardcore like shit in his performances and stuff. And they were like, oh, this guy's like, fucked up let's go get him and then they go get him for their band and he's like super fucking sweet and he has like the heart guitar and he has like pink hair and he's like completely the opposite like of what he was initially doing in his like old stage performances and shit but um like when the tensions in the band got really bad so first of all him and the bass player were like always at each other's odds Do you... chuck did you ever watch metalocalypse yeah Okay, remember the battling between, like, uh, Toki and, like, the other guitar player? Yeah, yeah. That Toki is exactly that is exactly what was going on with Hide and, the, like, the bass player in X-Japan. That, that sort of, like, rivalry was going on between them, and that's what made them, like, good. Was, like, they had that, like, guitar battling, like, I hate you, but I love you, like, kind of, like, fighting going on. But, like, the fighting was really harsh and intense. And so, like, when things got really bad between him and um, Taji, which the documentary wouldn't talk about, like, what happened between them for some fucking reason. And I can't find the information. I can't remember what it was. But, like, they kicked him out of the band. They were like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're out. And that, like, really hurt Hide. But then when the lead singer joined the fucking cult and then... Yeah, don't gloss over the cult. Almost any time they brought up the cult <laughs> was fucking hilarious. The movie yeah. like almost feels like it was about to gloss over because they, they bring up the brainwashing thing like in the first ten minutes and then don't get back to it till the last half hour of the movie. And they're like, by the way, let's talk about that time he was in a cult for ten years. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know how the cult brainwashed him. I'm like, what? And then they just like, they don't, they don't get years. back to it for like 45 yeah. minutes or something. Right, and the cult was the uh, home of heart cult, which um, he's they like all that. Came in every time I answered it, my phone, it was always the cult telling me what to do. In the end, that Yashiki's like, I knew it, I knew that's who you were talking to. <laughs> they don't, they don't really talk about it in the documentary. Like, really, like talk about it because, like, he okay, so he. Was I was doing... brainwashed, but not anymore. They're like, okay, you can come back to the band. So Toshi started doing solo work and he started doing a version of Hamlet that was like his own version of Hamlet and the woman that he got in it is the woman that he marries that pulls him into this cult and when he gets pulled into the cult she's like, like brainwashing him with this guy and they're like yeah extra pan's like super satanic and you need to like stop doing it and he's like, I'm doing satanic shit. And they're like, oh, yeah. And he's like, fuck, I didn't know that. So then he's like, guys, this shit's satanic. And they're like, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, really bad. Like, we need to stop doing this. And he, they're like, no, we're not. What the fuck? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, we totally, like, we got to stop. Like, it's satanic. And they're like, your reiteration uh, no. is making like, me think of Bill and Ted. It's like, totally. You're in a cult, man. I'm yeah. in a cult. Yeah. yeah, man. You're totally in a cult. Yeah. So, like, they. Obviously, they went back and forth because Toshiki and uh, uh, they're, they're the, the drummer and whatever. They're friends. They're like old friends from when they're like kids and what have you. And he's like, this is not okay. And uh, 
he's just like, nah, I'm gonna join this cult. This cult. And um, he went off to make like weird, like you know, lighthearted, like cafe kind of music, and like his music was garbage. Um, and the cult kept 100% of all the money that Toshi made. All of his money was that, everything that he made from X Japan, the cult kept, all of his money was being kept by that, and the cult basically put Toshi into bankruptcy, destroyed his fucking life, destroyed his career, destroyed all of his stuff, and then they were like, oh, X Japan uh, wants, wants you back. We heard that X Japan wants you back, and Toshi's like, yeah? And they're like, that'd be, ah, a, good, go that'd be a great album title. X and, Japan and like, wants you back. <laughs> and the cult's like Toshi's like wait you guys told me not to be in X Japan for like 12 years and they're like yeah but they want to give you a lot of money to go back and he's like so you want me to go back to X Japan because they want to give me a lot of fucking money and they're like yeah and he's like fuck you guys this is bullshit I ain't fucking doing this shit anymore so then he went back to like Yoshiki and he's like dude I fucked up so hard I am so sorry I am such a piece of shit. I don't know how I did this to us, and I feel so fucking bad. And I'm here. That's like why the footage, it's almost borderline funny. It makes me think of The Office, where they're like, yeah, he, he Toshi's not in the cult anymore. And then the camera like looks at Toshi, and he's just like, shrugs, like, mm, yeah, not in the <laughs> cult anymore. <laughs> and, then, and then like, because Toshi joined this cult, and did all of this, fucking Hide killed himself. He committed suicide because right after that, their final performance in 97, he went home and killed himself like two days later, like immediately yeah. after that. And yeah. then their bass player immediately killed himself after their last performance together. So like two of their founding members committed suicide after like basically because of so much of like one guy got kicked out and like was brought back and then killed himself. And uh, I think himself. the other guy had more shit going on. It, it... Well, they won't talk about it because they want to fucking hide it for some reason. We don't know what's going on with what's going on with the bass player. Like, they totally he he must have been in on something. It sounded like yeah he was gonna get in a lot more trouble than because he didn't he kill himself in jail. Uh, no, he hung himself at home. He put a towel around his neck and hung... oh no, that's how Hide hung himself. They both hung yeah, themselves. Think, yeah, I think you're right. Taji hung himself. In... Yeah, it's really a story about uh, a guy that is suffering from depression, I think. And, you know, just trying to find his place. That's pretty generic, but well, his, his band that's his family and to do things that he enjoys to do. Like, the not having a father in his life and he's, you know, talking about how his dad never even got to see the rock side of him, which is the side of himself that he, you know, identifies with the most. So I don't know. I think that that's the more interesting story because I think I, I listened to this band before I watched the documentary and I think that they're fucking great. So whenever I'm watching the documentary and Did you? they have all the American fans that are, Oh yeah. Like they are. Oh my God. They are. They're really, they are my, they are my favorite band ever. Like, they are my all-time favorite band, like, hands down. They're just incredible. Like, some of the most incredible fucking shit I've ever heard in my entire life. And you know what's really, like, heartbreaking? You, you listen to them on Spotify, right? Is that where you listen to them? Apple. 
okay like what like two albums were available to you like blue bloods and like what like one other one blue blood like, jealousy x were you able to get more than like two because i know on like spotify there's like three albums and one of them is the soundtrack to this movie i mean we're talking about a band that's put out like like what over 20 plus albums in their entire some of their albums no. are one song like one song that's over like 30 minutes long or more i mean these they guys did have like a fun. they did have a 30 minute song which i they're thought like, was great they're um, like mars volta <laughs> yeah our album's a song that's it yeah uh no i think they only have like five albums and there's supposedly another one coming out but i don't think there's I mean, they've released music. They just haven't released a full album. They have piles of solo work each as well. Like, Toshi has piles of solo work, and Yoshiki has piles of solo work. I think Hide has a bunch of solo work. Like, each of them all have their own solo work. See, unlike Metallica, they're allowed to go do their own solo work. I don't know if you know Metallica won't let any of the other members go do solo work. They're all fucking assholes about it. How are they going to stop them? They kicked the bass player out of the band when he went and did solo work. That's why they have the new bass player. The solo band. bassist? Yeah. I don't like the new bass player at all. The guy from Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, I'm not a huge oh. Metallica fan. Um, I think they make good music, but all sounds the same. It all falls apart after Ride the Lightning, let's be honest. Chuck Lakes. Chuck, did you listen to uh, Extra Pan outside of this documentary? I did, and I didn't get a chance to. But I liked all the stuff that I heard in the movie, so I'll probably listen to the, was like, you'll the like albums that. after. Like, you'll definitely like this stuff. The like, entire you know, music like was all them, too. Like, even the stuff that sounded like it could be a score for the... Yeah. for the, It's it's all them. They, oh, man. They, they, power ballads. The power ballads from X Japan are the greatest power ballads you've ever fucking heard. Like, hands down. Because he's a concert pianist. So he brings that concert pianist shit in, and then like brings all that shit into it too. And it's like it's oh, it's the most beautiful music I've ever heard. It's fucking incredible. It brings me to tears. It's I mean, so he had to write good. a song for the emperor. You know what I mean? Oh, nobody. How, how many yeah. people have had to do that? <laughs> that was a life changer for him, and that was when he was in his drunken haze. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, fuck, I gotta do that. I mean, he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, he's like, I gotta I was... get my shit together and. and write this i was supposed to quit you. quit music what the hell so like in japan these guys like all the other visual k bands all the other rock bands and all that kind of shit they're all like these guys are our influences basically like they all grew up with them they're all like who they had the posters of on their walls and stuff so it's like they all want to be these guys <laughs> that's interesting like what their cultures like big time like rock stars are in comparison because these guys are like way way bigger there like they're like well, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what the equivalency here would be like because they're huge like they're absolutely massive they're like, like Katy like, Perry no they're bigger than that because they're because they're, they're they're a 50 year spanning band right 40 mm, 40 mm -mm. year spanning band they started in like the, the 70s late 70s early 80s hmm. 1982 yeah so yeah. 40 years that's crazy it's a long time span though is like could do one song in 82 and one song today and be like 
my whole career spans all this time. You're like, dude, you've made that much music. I just feel like when you hear stories about bands, like there's a lot of there's a lot of sad band stories out there. I mean, I've heard a lot of sad band stories. I mean, Sex Pistols definitely have a sad band story. I've heard a lot of sad band stories. These guys take the cake for sad band stories, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, the documentary opens up with the guy Toshiki, who is the drummer, and we find out that he is also a pianist, is ultra depressed, and he's obsessed with death. And his opening is about how he basically expects to die like any moment. So I kind of felt that it was building, like he's ultra depressed. So I thought it was going to build up to him killing himself. To, to be honest <laughs> with you, like, I mean, and everyone else killed themselves in this. His dad killed himself and killed himself, and two other band members killed themselves. So and then some of their fans killed themselves. Yeah, their fans killed themselves after they killed themselves. So it was a fucking mess. I think some of them killed themselves like when they broke up before anyone like died. But he says he hates suicide, though. He says he thinks it's selfish to yeah, it to, is to people. So he's like the only person that like that's like, nah, man, suicide's dumb. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Even though everyone around him keeps doing it. I mean, he's like, it's the coward's way out. But I, I don't know if he believes what he says. I think he feels like he wants to kill himself, but uh, I don't know. If, like society's like, it's, like I'm not a coward. I I kind of I kind of live that way where. It's not that you want to commit suicide, but that you don't care that you're alive. And so you live your life in this way where you don't necessarily care if you die. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's why I don't believe him. I don't believe so, that he thinks that it's a coward's way out. I've had a lot of stuff with it. I've had a personal yeah, but there's life like... with it, and it's, it's, it's been... I've had a different view on it a lot more in my life more recently, but... I would never do it. It's not something I believe in, and I wouldn't want to make people have to deal with it and that kind of thing. I, I mean, I think I, I was I call it not right moment, but like wrong moment, wrong time. Like things happen, line up at you know the exact moment. Something you know it could happen. Right. And there's different variations of it, but I just felt like the fact that he brought it up a lot, it was something that's been stirring in his brain, and something that he's been thinking about a lot. Uh, yeah, overall, I thought the documentary was really good. I don't know if it was necessarily mind-blowing. Had I saw the no. documentary, like, out of, you know, just casually just caught it on TV or something, I would look into the band because I, I think the band is, is that good. Um, and that you do want them to kind of make it because their their fight, their biggest fight is, like, we can't be the biggest in the world if we don't have the United States. But uh, where the documentary like falls apart like a little bit for me is basically the present time is like 2014 and they're going to play at Madison Square Garden. It's not really like a payoff that they're they're playing there and they don't really kind of no. they don't really kind of get to like how they got to that point. So that's why I thought that it was going to be less about the band and more about this guy's you know internal struggles you don't get a lot of resolve for him at all like uh -uh, no. it, it just leaves I you think... with you know not even i didn't even really leave me with a lot of questions but 
Besides, like, when is that guy going to be okay? Like, that was, like, my biggest yeah, question yeah. when I was done with this movie. When I think I initially saw this, like, as a DI, I'm just a huge X-Japan fan. And good luck finding anything about this band, especially in this country and at all. And I was on Hulu, and it's, like, a documentary about X-Japan. And I'm like, oh, my God. So this so is the like, director that did Finding Sugarman, right? I and that, think you're right, yeah. And I think that won an Academy Award for documentary yeah. or something. Uh, I did. That guy... He's like, was he like a huge fan? Do you know what how he found the band? It's kind of weird. It's like all Japanese, and it's like directed by Steven. I I don't know the answer to that or any of that, but I know. I just what I wanted to say was I know that on my initial watching of this, I was much more excited about this, and so I was really excited to talk about it. And I found that on this watching, I think that I thought you guys were gonna get more information out of this. And I probably didn't realize how it glazes over a lot, and that I filled in the holes myself on my first viewing because I'm a fan. I mean, that didn't ruin it for me. I, I don't need to know every aspect. Like, I'm fine, like, just little details. Like, they, okay. the main band, they all grew up together, so they, like, knew each other from, like, elementary school, like, grade school up to high school. And they were working together, I think, making music by the time they were in high school. So, yeah, like, I, I was fine with not really having to know every single detail. And, like, I kind of respect that the documentary is, like, you know, not everything is 100% important. Uh, I just said the downside is that it doesn't seem to, like, completely tackle one part of their lives. No, so, and it... it it stops in the middle of like presenting information and they go oh i don't want to talk about that <laughs> they just kind of like move on from it and you're like oh okay so like a lot of things don't get addressed and a lot of things get like yeah but that's whatever. like some that's why some of it's funny like do you want to explain the cult mm, no <laughs> not like what <laughs> like, okay. oh and you know what our buddy david lynch was in it he did uh a music video for them yeah, apparently that was, that was a great moment because it's like it's so fast that i'm like, I'm like is that david lynch like, yeah what what just it was what and like it just it's that nobody brings it up like he's not it doesn't have like yeah. a credit yeah. under his face it's just like i'm like that was david lynch right like i definitely just yeah. saw david lynch in this movie correct he was definitely directing them i'm like he's, yeah, he did he's a music like video for them music video or something. yeah that was that was one of the most and also, can we bring it back to Limp Biscuit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wes Borland's here because even yeah, X Japan recognizes them. that that uh, Limp Biscuit are legends and deserve to you know <laughs> be be a part of their their story. I mean, hey, Stan Lee was even in this documentary. Yeah, Stan Lee was in it. Yeah, everybody. Hey, was and the that. problematic uh, Marilyn Manson, he was in this too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is before is it, he was a problem. It, it's, it is no, an no, odd he was uh, of, he was definitely uh, he was always a problem, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So. It's an odd collection of cameos. You get Gene yeah. Simmons, Stan Gene Lee, Simmons, Marilyn yeah. Manson. Most of them are like Gene Simmons. Like, did they pay him to just make a quote up? <laughs> like, he where he I does because he just comes up. He just pops up. Says like, yeah, they'd be the greatest band in the world if people knew who they were. And that's it. I'm like, did, is he really I, I talking about them? Like, where they find I the thought, footage? I thought Gene Simmons had the best things to say about them and was actually the best person in the movie to talk about them, honestly. His influence in music is, like, 
the most relevant and he's older so like i was like hey like i thought gene simmons had a lot of value in this documentary. i mean i don't i don't mind it but i i in documentary i definitely thought he had more to value than stan lee I don't give a fuck what Stanley. Stanley was a weird one. He was just like they they had like that comic book thing that I'm like, did Stanley like write a comic book? Are they trying to like imply yes. that he what? had something to do with this? Like, I mean, he loves Japanese Spider-Man TV show. Like he's like it's the most insane <laughs> thing all, of all time. It really is. So he's probably it's a huge fan of. But I was gonna say instead of all like I get the can all these people were to throw names on it, so there'd be some interest in it, but you know. Yoshiki was the more interesting person to listen to. I, I could just, they could have interviewed nobody except him or nobody except people in the band. And uh, yeah. I think that they focus would have been a little bit better. This They could have made a documentary just on Yoshiki and it could have been an interesting film in and of itself. And they could have made an entire documentary on uh, Toshi and it could be an entire interesting film in itself. His whole entire experience in the cult, that whole entire side of it, like to hear that side of it would be really interesting It'd be interesting to see like i would love to see the biopic done for this this band like like a, a good solid biopic done with this like really tragic really tragic sad biopic <laughs> my favorite picture i love that picture of i believe it's a uh, yoshiki sitting with david bowie yeah. Like, yeah, he's like half the size of him, and he's like so cute and so adorable. It makes me think of Forrest Gump. Like, it's just photos of this guy that you've never <laughs> heard of with like the biggest names in you know music history. And it's so funny because you know, like David Bowie was already like doing that like androgynous like kind of super feminine. Was this the doc? Anyway? I might be confusing it with something else that I just watched, but is this the one where they interviewed that old woman and she's like the last? person i saw in concert was elvis presley yeah that was this one okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah yeah they're like yeah they're really good oh, uh where did everybody it. watch it i mean i bought the blu-ray i don't know if chuck did i, I watched the pluto pluto Ooh, which, which had ads. good god it had, or no sorry i didn't <laughs> not on, not on pluto i watched it on tubi but tubi also has ads but it and it i i almost felt like are they doing it on purpose they it would be one of those things where it, they would say something like, and then it was tragedy with Hide, and then it'd be like, hey, get yourself a ring doorbell. And I'm like, what is, like, and it was, it like, like they timed all their ads <laughs> perfectly. Oh. It'd be like every, it would, it would always felt like it was hitting a cliffhanger. Like, like it would always hit me right when it's like. Coincidence. And, and let's talk about, yeah, let's, let's talk about the, uh. The, the brainwashing that happened with Toshi then it's like Arby's has new two for five and I'm like what brainwashing what is the, yeah. what's the placement of these ads uh, the ads were so oddly no. placed no uh, the couple things that I've watched Pluto was the worst but they don't cut even during like scenes they just cut at times they I think like, right, so somebody's yeah, like in some, the middle of the speech that, yeah. they're like you son of a and it like cuts to like Arby's yeah. and then it comes back it's like bitch this one, I guess, like, it was like at least it felt like someone actually sat there and like put the ads in places to be like, well, they've got to keep watching. They they won't turn it off after the ads. Like we left them right. on it. That's one. We brought up like cult stuff, and they're they're gonna want to keep watching or or sit through the ads to get to see what that is. Like, yeah, I think Pluto. Yeah, Pluto is one of the ones that it's it's just an arbitrary like every fifteen minutes, like no matter where they are in the scene, it's it runs an ad. I mean, I guess it's a fine price to pay some time yeah, to watch yeah, for, for not for not paying to have to watch the movie yeah or, i think or, yeah 
Pluto was just like 900 ads for like I Love Lucy, and I'm like, I, the, the I Love Lucy <laughs> channel. They had the, 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 this is this is like semi off topic, but when I logged on to Tubi to look at it, it was like, I didn't know Tubi had original content. Oh. Every streaming service has their own original content. Apparently, even even the ones that are running it for free. And it was like, do you want to watch the stepmother? Or the stepmother three, and I was like, "Oh, there's there's three of these uh, movies that don't look good." And then you're not even advertising two was two the bad one. Yeah, probably just buying the content though. They are. Somebody was oh, like, yeah, "You want to sure. buy the stepmother? I have one and three. And they're like, "What happened to two? They're like, "Oh, we lost the footage of two. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, it. We'll just we'll, it. we'll buy it. We'll buy it off of you." Something that I really like. Well, movies. Fifty-fifty. Yeah, I, I feel like as I get older, I, I like them less, right? Podcasting. I, I do like podcasts. It's fun. Um, so, like, growing up in America and the music in America, you know, there's a lot of like male dominance in. Like, I mean, tell that to Taylor sense. Swift, you son of I mean, a bitch. Especially growing up in the nineties. <laughs> There's a lot of tell that to like, the cranberries, you son of a bitch. Dude, I fucking, love, I fucking <laughs> love, love the cranberries. There's a lot of tell that to Sarah McLaughlin. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's Shania Twain dogs. has something to say to you. Shania Twain. <laughs> the Spice Girls remember them? Are we done? No, I can probably just keep going forever. <laughs> okay. I'll put a pause but, on it. But uh, like I remember being shown like X Japan but also like being shown the visual K guys and uh, there was this uh, the androgyny that was being shown to me with those kind of people like Malice Miser in particular is a band that I'm a huge fan of as well and I'd love to see a documentary about them as well particularly Mana um, are, are you guys familiar with Gothic Lolita fashion? Uh, sounds fucking gross. Really? Gothic Lolita? Like, little kids dressed like gothic? It's not like that. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) You like like gothic pedophiles? You know, that's what it sounds like. (laughs) You guys familiar with it? And you chuckle like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a fashion, anyway. Um, The... The mana from um, Malice Miser is, like, the person who basically created, like, the entire, like, Gothic Lolita scene, which is, like, huge right now. And um, she's, like, another person from the Visual K scene. So, like, these people are, like, huge in creating, like, fashion scenes and fashion styles. But the thing is, is that mana, like, was someone who, when I first saw I was like, oh, that chick is hot, right? And they were like, well, it's not a chick, it's a dude. And then they were like, well, you had a really sexual awakening. It was exactly what it was, was it was watching these like visual K people. They present an identity of androg- androgyny in a way that like, when you look at the eighties metal hair guys, they were very pretty and they were very like, like Cinderella and poison and shit like that. Like, yeah, there's definitely some androgyny there. And yeah, there's like this, like, pretty boy quality but there was still the male sexuality and the machismo coming through it and so there was never really this like sense of like what are they 
there was like definitely like it's a dude with some lipstick and some like big hair kind of thing the visual k people present this androgyny that is unusual that to me anyway that i'd never seen before and growing up in the south and not having access to that and having a two-hour conversation with my friend about this boy that looks like a girl but isn't identify as a boy but doesn't identify as a girl and a very eye-opening experience for me and having that i can dress this way and look this way and be this way and kind of the messages of the music as a whole i know it's japanese but like they're not really like sexualizing anything or talking about anything like that like there's love and there's romance and some of the stuff but uh, i don't know there was this quality about it that really made me feel like i didn't have to be this i didn't have to fit into like this shell into this male identity shell and so i think that acceptance was something that really drew me to it as well in a visual way and i never dressed that way because i never felt physically like i could because i never felt like i was attractive enough or capable enough to pull it off but it was always there for me and it was something that really helped me question myself and move forward with things in that way and visual k has always been really important to me and helping me figure out my own identity in my life and the music's fucking incredible and really like deep and like as a trans person i think there's a lot to be said about the visual k scene and i think there's a lot to be said about like the visual arts in japan and the way that they bring androgyny into stuff in comparison to a lot of countries i think like not just them like i think korea is definitely stepping up with that too like korea definitely has taken over like where japan did back in the day like i don't think that japan definitely is holding the torch anymore the way korea is like k-pop is definitely like fucking totally dominating the japanese when it comes to the way things are and that kind of stuff but <clears throat> they really set the like precedent on hey the there's j-pop don't, don't pretend oh, it's it doesn't there. exist it, it's evolved into like a different scene for sure and i i am huge in the japanese music like if you want to talk japanese music i can introduce you to all kinds of stuff and i still follow the scene today and i'm like it just is my thing it is what it is i love japanese music and my buddy is super into japanese music and we still talk every day and it's my thing but x japan is always going to be the most important band to me and like i love this band so much and it's so important to me and i'm so glad to be able to like have a conversation about it even though we're like a film podcast like to be able to have this conversation here today introduce you guys to x japan because like i always like showing people x japan and like i'll tell you what i have never met a person that I have introduced X Japan to that hasn't walked away from it and gone, that band sucks. Ever. I have never met anybody that I have introduced this band to that has like walked away from it and gone. Okay, well, good. That good. Band sucks. You said that like in a way <laughs> like, that like ever I haven't had a person who hasn't been mad about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> I think it's like it's 
But you know, like it's weird. Like, like I've gone up to like the hardest of metal people, like people who only listen to stuff that sounds like a diesel engine being put next to like a fucking like broken washing machine. You know what I'm talking about? Those are our our favorite bands. Yeah. Like like all day, right? Like that's all they'll listen to, and I'll be Diesel like, "Try this." Broken washing machine. That's our band. And you're and you're and you're handing them that extra pan CD, and there's sweat coming down your face, and you're like, "These people are gonna insult you, and make fun of you," and they put that shit on, and they're like, "Damn, this is sick," and you're like, "Okay, good. I won. I won this battle." Because <laughs> like, Ooh. it's just so technically masterful. It's just so fucking incredible that like, no matter what scene you're part of if you're a technical guy you're gonna be fucking blown away if you're just like a pop person you're gonna love it because it's so fucking like light and airy and fun if you're like a punk person it's got the punk in it if you're like a like whatever like it's just i've never heard such a rich diverse sounding music in my entire life yeah i mean they don't fuck around no not at all and like like you said like a whole album is a comprehensive experience. You're going to get a power ballad. You're going to get a fucking straight up throwdown song. I don't think you're I said nice, that, but like, that is accurate. Range, like, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like, it'd be like, you did it in a simplified way, but yeah, oh, okay. like, I mean, everything, everything is there. And like, as the band evolves, like their, their sound evolves like as well. So they just grow and grow and grow. And it's incredible. Like, but even their earlier stuff, like, it's weird to hear, like, a band, like, start out with, like, their dirty demo state stuff still be as incredible in those stages to, like, the level they grow to. I do need to watch a concert video, though, because, like, there's one yes. short little moment where they're, like, shooting off all the pyrotechnics. And I'm like, that actually seems pretty sick. But I, I thought they were going to show it at, like, Madison Square Garden. I don't, I don't think they do show it. It's, like, from some other performance. But, um, two things you have to see. Two things you have to have to see if you can find it. First thing, find the full uh, concert from 97, their final show, where they have to keep turning his mic off because he keeps <laughs> trying to say shit. Yeah, that's a good moment find from the that- documentary. They're like, we talked to the sound tech. We're going to cut him off if he just starts talking. We because, can't have like, that guy talking. He's in a cult. Yeah, well, he tries to, like, bring up his cult stuff, like, several times throughout that concert, and, like, that whole concert is a debacle, but, like, it's also an amazing show, so it's, like, a combination of watching a shit show and, like, one of the most incredible concerts you've ever seen. It's, like, fucking crazy, and then the other thing that you have to see that's, like, probably, like, one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my entire life, see if you can find the, the footage of uh, Hide's funeral where um toshi sings um the at the funeral um it's this, fucking... you're making this sound like it's always sunny or something no you gotta no, watch the episode it's... where toshi sings at the funeral because <laughs> it's after it's after they broke up right and it's right after that that whole like concert where he like acted like an asshole on stage and whatever so it's at Hide's funeral, and he said... Hide dies, they said, five months after that show. Yeah. So he dies in, like, like, early 98 or something like that, but yeah. So it's, like, pretty, pretty, like, soon after that. I mean, it's... it's. You can see the other members, like, pissed, and, like, he's just, like, barely able to contain himself. He seemed the the coolest, Hide. He seemed awesome, and... I feel like... If you ask me, like, I feel like he's a good singer, 
But I feel like when you compare him to the other members of the band, I do feel like Toshi is kind of the weaker link. Like, I feel like sometimes he doesn't always, like, have the ability to keep up musically in comparison to other guys. There's a couple songs here and there he kind of, like, has some spots and, like, kind of reminds me of Dragon Force. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dragon Force has, like, some spots where that singer just can't fucking keep up. It's not his fault because they're just too fast. I mean, sometimes uh, people are better musicians than they are singers or they're at least yeah. more creative than they are talented, if that makes any sense. So, like, I don't know. Uh, sometimes I appreciate it just sounding super raw and... Like, Chuck will be like, listen to this band, and it's just, like, a guy that sounds like he doesn't even know how to fucking play the guitar. (laughs) And I'm like, actually, this sounds pretty fucking good. (laughs) I'm loving it. What do you think the future for X Japan is? (laughs) I don't know if they have a future. Right. I don't know if they do either. They haven't had an album, I think, since... uh, Apparently, they've completed an album years ago, like, seven years ago or something, but... It didn't come out, so I don't know what the hell's happening. Maybe they're lying. I think Toshi's going to put something out. He'll probably put some solo stuff out for sure. And I think uh, Yoshiki will put some solo stuff out. You know, sometimes it's point. it's fine. We don't have to have new music. I was more interested in, uh, you know, the guy, uh, Toshiki, going back to the classical piano side of it. That's like Daft Punk. They broke up, and the one guy's, like, orchestrating, like, real orchestras i guess it's not all electronic right. it's like all real instruments now and i'm like all right i'm, I'm fine with that being the new stage of it's your hard. life yeah, i'm sure it'll I be good really can't be mad at that they're just such talented musicians it's like i love daft punk you want to talk about one of my other favorite bands if there was a documentary about daft punk that would have been my other choice there kind of is it's called tron legacy oh my god that so good. <laughs> it, have you it's ever seen really it? autobiographical graphical if you think about it <laughs> do you ever see uh, Daft Punk's Beyond Human it's like their weird movie that they made uh, I know the song no it's like a, a thing where the guy goes and they put flesh over his robot helmet and turn his robot helmet into a human head probably it's, it's, and then there's the 5555 Galaxy Express I mean, I like when they broke up, like, everyone thought they were announcing a new album because they had, like, a weird-ass video to do it. And everyone's like, oh, that's not what I thought I was going to get. Now they're just like, now we're re-releasing the, you know, the random access memories (laughs) deluxe with one new song. I would have liked them to put one more album out after that one and then retire. Uh, they probably will. I don't really believe people are, like, super retired unless, you know, somebody's, like, dead. Their, their Tron Legacy soundtrack is fucking incredible. Just incredible. Like, my God. But I'm sure the Jared Leto one will be fantastic. I, I am just so excited about Tron that I cannot be mad about the Jared Leto Tron. And apparently Jared Leto's excited about this Tron, so... I will be excited for it, but I don't know. He does his excitement doesn't sell me. He's not I a bad actor, love but Jared Leto. I used to be like Jared Leto used to sell me on a film. I was like, if Leto's in it, I'll fucking watch it. And now I'm like, I don't know anymore. He was really good in that. Was that all the little things? Where he was the serial killer. Yeah, it was excellent in that. It's really good in that. So. I mean, he can be good. 
Is that the Denzel Washington movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one that just came out a couple years ago. I still need to watch Morbius to see how, to see the method acting that he's done. That that movie did one of the best jobs portraying the '90s I've ever seen. Just saying. Morbius. No. <laughs> no, I never even saw that. Did it yeah. take place in the nineties? I didn't. Well, I don't know. I didn't see Morbius yet. But when you, I was just no. thought up Morbius, and you're like, no. it did the best job of showing the nineties. Like, no, that one what? with Denzel, the, the, the all the little things or whatever. All the little things was all right. I I, it, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't think it was great. De- decent performance, like right. not the most mind blowing story. Right, pretty good. Uh, he was good in um, Fight Club. I mean, his best role is uh, pa- Panic Room. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Arnowski. Uh, Requiem. Never heard of the guy. No. <laughs> you have to check him out. I think he'll be big someday. Uh, did, didn't he? Did he win for? Um, Dallas Buyers Club, or yeah, he won for a trans person. There's all the trans people are really. He really, he really won because he starved himself. You gain a lot of weight or you lose a lot of weight, you win. He was not good in that movie. I mean, that movie was okay, but he was not the good part of that movie. Well, what was the good part of that movie? Now that I'm sitting here saying that, (laughs) I don't think the movie was all that good, actually. No, it's a good. It is a good movie. I don't know. Maybe a little overhyped. It was, it was okay. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Just overhyped shit, like always. So. Oh well. Who, who, if you were gonna make the, X Japan biopic, who would you pick to direct it? David Lynch, obviously. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I want to see that. Well, I mean, he knows of them. You know how I feel about David Lynch. It's 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 but better to know that, that he's he's done music videos right, with them because right. I'm like, what in the like, fuck is happening? He likes them. He was in the documentary. It's a strange choice. I'm here for it. Who who should play? Who should play the the band? Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> he plays all the characters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He, should he be? T- Shififi Toshi? All of them. All of them. Uh, all of them? Okay. Right. Doesn't even look very different, you know? Yeah. And then we can have a big tea kettle. It could be the, you know, replace David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie? It'll be the photograph. It'll just be the photograph, though. It'll just be a tea kettle yeah. sitting next to Timothy Charlemagne with Timothy Charlemagne's hair up in the air like this. Like, like a racer head. <laughs> well, you know what? David Lynch will be like, I got this. We've all. <laughs> I've already replaced <laughs> David Bowie before, so I'll do it again. Oh, man. What, next week we got Chuck's documentary, Gimme Danger, about the Stooges. Did you, um, do you own that, or where did you watch it, or where should I watch it? It's on, on Amazon HBO. Prime. Okay. It's on Prime? I thought it was on HBO. Really? Yeah. F.Movies.com. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's on there. <laughs> are you are you a are you a Stooges fan, Chuck? Yeah, I am actually a big Iggy Pop fan. I fucking love him, but I will say I think he's a better actor. <laughs> I'm not like so into his music as much. He's got I just great love music. Him. This one's this uh, this movie's directed by Jim Jarmish. 
Yeah. Okay. Was that the so, selling point for you? That was the selling point. What is he, he known he, for? Uh, some David uh, Patterson. Did you see, did you see Patterson? It's pre- pretty much Jim Jarmusch's biggest movie. I'm not familiar. It's about a bus driver. Oh, okay. I would watch that. That sounds interesting. I, I don't know. what What is his biggest movie? Dead Man? I mean, well, I don't even know that that's his biggest movie. Uh, Coffee Ghost and Dog. Cigarettes? Oh, yeah. Ghost oh. Dog might be a, a more Way popular of the one. Sam- Dogs, uh, Way yeah. of the Samurai? Mm-hmm. I own that. Yeah. He's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite movies. Okay, yeah. I know this guy. Never mind. This will be a good time. We'll see. Ghost Dog's a fucking amazing movie. We'll be talking about that on here at some point. By my way. You're not allowed I to have know. your way anymore. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> because of YouTube. We're talking about the, yeah. We're talking about Shane. Shane Dawson. That's what happens. He's having twins. Did you hear about his twins? I'm actually pretty impressed with this movie based off of your other picks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This might be the most impressive movie that you have picked so far. Oh, uh, come on now. Probably the most bullet. watchable. I picked Bullet Ballet. Bullet Ballet was awesome. Uh, Bullet Ballet is probably a better movie than this, but... Now, hold on. Mm-hmm. Do you see the influences that X-Japan has on Bullet Ballet? Culturally. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it might go full circle. Because you gotta, like, think, like... I don't have to think. Like... You know, it's really funny. <laughs> I went to a, an anime convention, and I was gonna buy some X-Japan CDs at the anime convention... And the guy there, like, barely spoke English. And he goes, oh, you want extra pan? He goes, you want big hair or no big hair? And I'm like, what? Those are their best-selling points- albums, <laughs> big hair or no big hair. And, and, he, and he points at the TV, and extra pan is, like, on TV with, like, giant hair. And he's like, big hair or no big hair? And he picks up an album, and it's, like, them with, like, all black hair and, like, no giant whatevers. And I was like, oh, big hair. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, you want big hair. I always want big hair. And he hands me, like, fucking the CD. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck he handed me, but I was like, it was amazing. So <laughs> I was like, apparently, like, big hair era is, like, best, like, when you're looking for extra pan. Like, so just remember that, folks. Big hair is the way to go. We can end it there. Like, of all the albums, I thought Blue Blood is, was the best <laughs> that I've listened to. So that's my recommendation. Blue Blood is a fucking banger all day. Like, hands down. It's a really fucking good album. Solid. It's got some of their best uh, songs on it, too. But yeah, I'm good with ending the episode there. And we'll be back next week with Gimme Danger. Nice. Excited. Bye. Bye. All right, that was our episode. Thanks for listening.
We're Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.